This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Tyler Haas and Jerem Jordan. What's up? BYU Sports Nation is live. Use day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, February 23rd. There's nothing cute about today's day like yesterday. A Tuesday. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with a guy who's headed down to football walk-on trouts right after this, Tyler Haas. How about that? Walk-on tryouts are today, Jerem. Are you going down there? I would, uh, but I'm almost 40, so no. (laughs) (laughs) I would have loved to try out for football. I love football growing up. Wide receiver. Throw me a fade route. 6'5", Tyler Haas. Yeah, exactly. You played until, what, sophomore, junior year of high school? My sophomore year was my last year, but... And then you were like, oh, I'm actually good at basketball. I should probably probably stick to that. Yeah, I think it was worth it for you. Yeah, didn't want to go across the, the middle and get hit by a linebacker head hunting me, you know? I'm not not that I'm afraid of that. I I just you know the the risk reward you know with you backpedaled basketball. like Brian Logan very quickly. Right yeah. There. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but seriously, the the physical requirements of basketball it's are different, different than football. It's, it's different. It's a different yep. mentality. It's a different. Absolutely. You play inside, which is at the same time. I I actually went to a jun, junior day, so I played at my BYU? sophomore year and I went to the junior day at BYU because I I was still undecided. And as to what sport you were, playing. as to what sport, yep. How yep. close were you to football? I was close. I I loved really, football. Really, Marty would have been up. like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, for this sure. This was Talon Shumway's decision. Talon wasn't Tyler Hawes, but Talon was a, was a was good, great basketball very player. good basketball player. Yeah. Uh, and you know, chose football. It's true. Really, no, there's receiver. guys that can do both. No, no doubt. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Jimmer uh, was a, like an all-region receiver too, and then like, no, I'm gonna. <laughs> You talk to Jimmer about times. it, and it's like he is—he was all state four years in a row. Could have gone to <laughs> Alabama and played quarterback. <laughs> Wait, you wouldn't have gone to Alabama and played quarterback? I, was, I love it. Here's the show lineup. Can BYU get back into the bracket? And it's—it may just not be about Vegas. What Mark Pope said after practice last night that makes us wonder if BYU's going to add a game next week. We'll, we'll talk about who potentially that could be. Greg Rubel weighs in on that and much more. Plus, Tegan Graham of Women's Hoops in the studio about Saturday's amazing day in the Marriott Center and what ranking and seed she feels this team deserves. Let's hit up some headlines first. BYU basketball coach Mark Pope said yesterday that they are reaching out to multiple teams to possible schedule a non-conference game next week. Here is assistant Nick Robinson explaining last night on BYU basketball with Mark Pope. Yeah, I think at this point, right, we're exploring uh, different opportunities uh, with either quad one or quad two teams. Uh, so we've reached out to Bobby Ordusky, coach, myself, we've reached out to probably 20 different teams at this particular stage. And there's a handful that are interested. Uh, so we'll see when we get there. Much more coming up in what's trending on this tie. This yeah. is, th- this is interesting. Very interesting. We'll break it down. We and there there are certain teams on the bubble that are in a situation where it might be a good fit. We'll talk about what those teams are, who those teams are. Seneca and I did not practice yesterday due to, to a thumb injury from Saturday. I don't remember that one. I remember the ankle, but apparently the thumb happened there. And uh, could have been from practice. We don't perhaps, know. Perhaps. Yeah. Well, I guess when mm-hmm. Monday. I guess 
Uh, Foos did practice. He's still dealing with the groin injury, but good that he is in fact. He's back. Yeah, I think he'll be full full force ready to go. Former BYU defensive lineman Corbin Kafusi, my former teammate, was drafted by Tampa Bay Bandits in the sixth round of the inaugural USFL draft. As an offensive tackle, the new USFL season begins on April 16th. Okay. Uh, we wondered if anyone would get drafted from BYU. Corb. Corb was. I love it. Uh, Shaley Gonzalez is one of 10 semifinalists for the 2022 Becky Hammond Mid-Major Player of the Year Award. Gonzalez leads the 19th ranked Cougars with nearly 19 points a game. He's top 20 points 12 times this year. The winner will be announced during the Final Four. Sadie Miner Van Tassel is one of 34 athletes nominated for the AAI Gymnast of the Year Award, given to the most outstanding senior female gymnast in the country. And I have to comment on this. My, my wife was a gymnast. And, Absolutely. And she said, she said this is the Heisman of, of the gymnastics world. So very nice. Very, very prestigious award. No one's ever won it at BYU. So it really big deal. That's pretty cool. And Sadie's crushing it right now. Dominating. Aaron Livingston and Whitney Larinus are trying out for Team USA women's volleyball with a bunch of college players. They could make an elite athlete list or a collegiate national team potentially, so good luck to them. Ashley Hatch and the U.S. women's national soccer team played Iceland tonight. Hatch had three goals in three games with the national team. Game kicks off at 9 Eastern on ESPN2. All she does is score. Like, she gets in the game Rock for score. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, two and a half weeks out from Selection Sunday. Feels like it's closer. It is not. The WCC tournament's like way before, right? Let's update the men's hoops resume to set up our topic today. The net is 53. That's up two spots. Ken Palm is the same at 52. These are not great numbers. They need to be higher. Bracketology, still second team out. Waiting for an update on that. Team rankings. 5.4% 5.4% chance to make the tourney. Not good! Bracket matrix. You're always just in 43 of the 132 brackets. So, work to do in that regard. But, San Diego State last night uh, became a quad one game for BYU. BYU is now four quad one wins. That helps. It's it not going to get BYU helps. in the tourney right now, but on Selection Sunday, if that holds, it's better than three. No, for sure. I mean, you look at all of the teams that are on the bubble, and <clears throat> BYU has the most quad one wins and, and has a great quad one, quad two record. And so yes. that are out. Right. The that teams are out. just in, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Iowa State has like eight. No, it's true. Yeah. The combined that quad first one, quad eight, two, yeah. you know, eight teams out, right? Yeah. BYU's right there. Their resume is, is, is nice, you know, but definitely have some work to do uh, to, to get in. Okay, you heard Nick Robinson talk about it, but yesterday on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, the aforementioned Mark Pope had this to say about perhaps another non-conference game next week pre-WCC tournament. So, um, you know, we kind of have this option of a Tuesday or a Wednesday, depending on the team, and none of this is, you know, solid. Everybody's kind of speculating. There's a lot of teams that are kind of with us. They're saying, hey, let's see how the weekend goes and see how we feel it out. But... um, you know, th- there's a travel component. Uh, if we do one of these games, it'll most likely be on the road, so it can be a quad one game for us, which is, which is a needle mover if we could go win it. Um, and and Nick is is canvas everybody. He was on the phone with the Utah Jazz today, seeing if they could get us a quad one game <laughs> up, at the, up at the Vivint Smart Home. So we're, we're quad one A, I think would be a, yeah. We're, we're trying we're trying to see, but um, you know, all of that is. 
you know, it feels like a little COVID-ish, right? It's, 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 um, it's going to change every hour. Okay, so this is interesting. The only reason BYU can do this is because the Portland game didn't happen, by the way. If that had happened, BYU right. cannot do this. Right. Uh, but they have this opportunity. So I ask you this. Does BYU need another quad one game to get into the NCAA tournament? Feels like it's a dumb question, but we don't know that BYU is going to match up with a San Francisco or St. Mary's. Right. Uh, a, a winnable game. Gonzaga doesn't feel that winnable right now, right? Um, in the WCC tournament. But perhaps another non-con you can fix that. I think so. I, I think they definitely need another quad one. Um, and just because of the way that they've been playing as of late and they've dropped so far in the net rankings and Ken Palm stuff. And so they need another resume building win to show that, hey, they're playing well right now. And uh, they're just looking for another opportunity. I know Coach Pope and his staff, they're going to give their, cha- their, their team every chance possible to, to get in that tournament. Grant Flanders, who covers Kansas State, tweeted yesterday, Bruce Weber, Kansas State head coach, said they're working on getting another non-conference game since they had one canceled before league play began. They don't know where it would fit in the schedule, but they are looking into it. Robbie McCombs of Vanquish the Foe. Keep an eye on BYU at Kansas State Wednesday, March 2nd. Remember, BYU right now is probably playing on Friday right? next week. Would be a quad one game for BYU against a future Big 12 foe, hearing a lot of buzz about this game potentially happening. Literally during that soundbite we played for Mark Pope, Robbie tweeted, and I just clicked on it, uh, some more information about this. He, he talks about Kansas State playing Iowa State on Saturday, Monday at Texas Tech. Hmm. So then Wednesday would be one game, uh, one day of prep to potentially play BYU. Um, it was mentioned, and I'm told in this conversation, that it would likely be neutral or road. But what's interesting is BYU is outside of the top 50 in net right now, so it would be a quad two if it's neutral. If mm. it's home, it'd definitely be quad two because BYU's not top 30 right. for that team. Mm-hmm. So logistically, let's look at a couple of teams that could be in the mix potentially based on who's out and might need a mutually beneficial game. Now, I say mutually beneficial. It's only going to benefit the team that wins. <laughs> if BYU loses, see ya. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? But if but you're playing for the opportunity, as you mentioned. We put up four on this graphic here. Loyola, Chicago. Hey, they've played a neutral game to, mm-hmm. with San Francisco. They've already In done Utah. this. In Utah. They've been here. SMU, Memphis, Kansas State. Kansas State is at 63, plays in the Big 12, which is the best basketball conference. They need a game. But I am told it depends what happens this weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, it, let's, let's say that Kansas State splits and they beat Iowa State, who's barely in, by the way. Then maybe Kansas State's feeling like they're better uh, in a better situation. They don't need another game. Mm-hmm. Let's say they lose both. Texas Tech, really good, by the way. Let's say they lose both. Now, maybe they need the game. So what you want is perhaps for some of these teams to lose this weekend so that a need, a hunger, is created for a game with BYU. Let's talk totally. through some of those teams. Uh, Sean Walker of KSL.com putting out a list. Washington State, UAB, TCU, Oklahoma State, Belmont, Notre Dame, St. Louis, Kansas State. BYU's in a desperate spot, but definitely if you, get, if you get that kind of game next week, gosh, that's exciting, and you still hope you match up with San Francisco perhaps in a quarterfinal. We're anticipating right. BYU's going to be – the, probably the five in Vegas, still waiting officially on. Like, <laughs> are we using win percentage? Are we using <laughs> Ken Palm adjusted win? Like, what are we doing going into Vegas? We still don't know on Wednesday before the brackets released Saturday night or I Sunday. I know. So, a lot of uncertainty. Not exactly sure. 
But you just can't guarantee, Ty, that you're going to get USF or even a St. Yeah. Mary's in a semi. So go get this game. Sounds like BYU is doing its due diligence. Yeah. 20 teams reached out to? Right. So, But you're right. I mean, from the other team's perspective, it has to be a beneficial game for them as well. Do they want a quad two with BYU? That's interesting to me. I don't know. I think you would take a quad two over not playing, right? You're, you're trying you're to rolling, add something. You're trying to add something to your resume. Yeah. And so, yeah, if it's a quad two and it, and it makes sense and that's the only team available, you're going to play that game just to give yourself another chance to win and another chance to prove you, you belong in the tourney. Yes. Um, let's talk logistics. So it sounds like it'd be Wednesday if it happens. Right. It like would be a crazy week. You'd get one full day of prep on Monday. Because mm-hmm. let, let's say it is Kansas State. Do they have to play Monday night to know? Like, would they yeah. not actually be like, all right, Tuesday, we're good. You can come tomorrow. And then right. BYU's practicing and traveling Tuesday. Yeah. Wait, is this Coastal Carolina part two? Yep, maybe. With basketball? For sure. Where you're, trying to, <laughs> you're just trying to wrangle But it can something? happen. It's nice, like, if COVID's taught us anything, it's, scheduling can happen overnight. And you can be on a, bu- on a plane, yes. you know, going somewhere the next day. And basketball, a little different than football. There are those a little more think, nimble, yeah. Right, and there there are those who think perhaps uh, you know BYU shouldn't have scheduled Coastal Carolina in 2020. You would have mm-hmm. been undefeated, mm-hmm. and you could say that. But I I do love that BYU played that game. Uh, I thought it showed a lot of people like, yeah, we don't care. Mm-hmm. And after the rhetoric and the headband and everything mm-hmm. with Zach, it's like you have to play that game then if you yeah. have a chance. For sure. Apparently Washington had some weird terms and the whole deal. Yeah, it got yeah. weird, right? Yeah, it did. It got weird. Okay, so. Yeah, hopefully BYU plays this game next week with who knows who. Kansas State potentially, who knows? That'd be a little Big 12 uh, preview in the next couple weeks. I would love to see it. Yeah, the Big 12 preview. I think Pope and his staff, they're not afraid of of anyone. I mean, I'm thinking back to his time at UVU. They did that, the 24 hours of of madness, right? They went to at Kentucky and then at Duke. And they were in the game at Kentucky, by the way. Right, you know, like Zach Wilson, anytime, anywhere. Right, we're we're gonna we're not afraid of playing anyone, yeah. and except for Sundays, and yeah, that's the only okay, day except for Sundays. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's roll the dice and and see what happens. Their only goal right now is to make the tourney. They're 100%. not thinking about anything else. And so, if if adding a game is gonna help them, they're gonna do it. What if BYU added a Wednesday game against Kansas State, <laughs> won it, and then Friday was too gassed against Pacific or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you, is you a, run that risk, right? right? There is a risk. But if you won that that situation, right? You, hey, Kansas State or whoever, Loyola Chicago, the Ramblers, Sister Jean, we're coming for you, whatever, you know, next Wednesday. Then Friday in Vegas, you win that game, and then you match up on Saturday. You still probably have to win that Saturday game. Like, BYU might need to win three games in, what, five days? Yeah, next well, week, maybe? Probably. To make the tourney? And then you play Monday with no gas against Gonzaga. doesn't matter. You could lose by whatever, mm-hmm. um, probably, unless it hurts your metrics a ton. Ken Palm just sinks. Cause <laughs> I don't, yeah, BYU might be playing three games in – or four games in six days or something. You know, who knows? Come on. These guys – it's back to the AAU days. Let's, let, let's go play four games in a day and, and <laughs> in roll a the day? dice. Go nice. make the tourney. Yeah, Foose's groin is uh, yeah, <laughs> excited about that. No. I know. Our question of the day, does BYU need another quad one game to get into the NCAA tournament? What's your opinion? Let's get to your thoughts in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Taylor Williams on Twitter. Another quad one win won't matter if they don't win both games this week. Yeah. 
No, no, I thought we were operating on the assumption that they had to win both this week. They, they've got to win. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, if you drop yeah, one be, of these, yeah, yeah then, then you don't even schedule that game. You're just like, right. eh, we're probably done. Yeah. You could still try, but I don't know that it would matter. Assuming they take care of business against LMU and Pepperdine, I think they need another quad one win to potentially get into the tourney. Again, we cannot guarantee that BYU is going to line up with USF yeah, yeah, in the tourney. No guarantees. And then St. Mary's, I don't even think BYU is going to be on the same side. San Francisco still might be on the other side of the bracket. That might not even be a game that BYU can get. Mm-hmm. It depends on how Santa Clara does. Santa Clara has thrown a wrench into all of this. Yeah, Literally, BYU season turned on the end of that game when BYU's up four with, what, 45 seconds left mm-hmm. and loses? That's the, that's the moment it turns. It, it, no, it's true. Santa freaking Clara. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, coming up, everyone is pitching in to get BYU off the bubble. Everyone is. Let's go. And Gregor Bell on the Cougars bubble plight. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 13th ranked men's volleyball hosts number nine Grand Canyon, the entire structure. And the start of MPSF play coming up Friday and Saturday, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Conference play, you push the restart button. Let's go. We're in Studio B, your BYU Sports play-by-play. Jeremy Jordan alongside Tyler Haas. And we welcome in the military-clad, BYU-clad Greg Rubel. You've always got the good swag, bro. And this is from, let's see, was it the Idaho the State cam- game? The, the, the camo collection. Oh, it's that. excellent. Okay, where can I get that? It's, you you got to be Greg Rubel. Uh, to, now, the only thing that you're missing is a little, uh, you know, Face black like Tyler Batty, who looked like Rambo yeah, during the Idaho State game, right. I think, right? Yeah. That's crazy, man. Wouldn't, wouldn't work quite as well on me, I don't think. <laughs> I think it'd be sweet. Just or like... space to cover, mind you. But, true, uh, yeah. true. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about the news of the day, which is Coastal Carolina Basketball Edition, question mark. <laughs> um, perhaps BYU looking at – well, they are um, – at a game next week. Obviously, you've got to win this week. Duh. And then next, perhaps Wednesday, maybe a Kansas State or somebody like that. What do you think of this? It's intriguing. It's mm-hmm. kind of exciting. It's kind of uh, you know Coastal Carolina-esque in terms of let's go do this. But as Coach Pope said, I think last night of the coach, we've got to wait for the weekend to kind of play out. And then does that allow you enough time to get a game together? Does the opponent you're looking at, how does their weekend look and everything else that plays into it? But If it's Kansas State, they play Saturday, Monday. So I'm wondering, does BYU have to wait until Monday night to know whether Kansas yeah. State lost both and feels right. like they need a game? Yeah, and can, I, I always Kansas State's looking at, I think, uh, Two Q2s and a Q1 left on their current schedule right now. BYU would be another Q2 for them. Uh, yeah, a lot to determine. And if it goes to Wednesday, you know, do you play a Wednesday game and then you're, you're going to Vegas Thursday for a game you may play Friday? Do you have enough prep time for that? A lot goes into this thing. So it's intriguing, but, yeah, just a possibility at this point. <laughs> Crazy, I know. Yeah. So looking looking at ahead to the conference tournament. We were talking about this off air. We won't know until Sunday night really where Yeah, you know, we think they... we think we got a general idea where things could slot, but uh yeah, we'll have to see if ties have to get broken and how they'll be broken and uh right now all we're being told is just look at the current standings and that's Which what... is straight up win percentage. Oh yeah, win loss record and win percentage. Just, yeah. just look that's what they're going with right now. Yeah. I think they'll cross that bridge when they come to it when it comes to do they have to look to anything else beyond just the standings. Um, if teams have played an unequal number of games and yet they have the same number of wins or losses, let's say, in the win-loss column. So uh, right that's now... That's interesting, Greg. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I but mean, It feels like they should declare before... I, 
I would I would prefer, I don't know how you feel, that they say it's this because we've looked at all the scenarios and we think this is the fairest. And right now we're being told it's this unless it's something else. Yeah. That yeah. feels uh, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, BYU probably the five seed, it feels like, sliding in at that spot, but could slide down, could slide up as high as four. Yeah, I mean, there's some room for movement, but if you want to play the percentages, they're kind of slotted to where they might, you know, in that four or five hole. Yeah. yeah. But although there's a difference between four and five. Yes, uh, there is. Four plays Saturday, five plays Friday. Um, and that's, you know, a situation BYU's not been in before to have to play the extra game, if you will. Yep. Uh, in fact, on, on as, long, BYU TV. as long as BYU's been in the West Coast Conference, they've never been seated lower than two or three. Wild. Never finished lower than third in the league. Um, getting to three this year would be unlikely by the percentages, right? But uh, just a different way to go about things. And, and, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe a different position, a different mindset, you know, benefits BYU. And, and, and that whole notion of having to play, you know, two or three or four games in a shorter span, uh, you know, energizes and motivates and gives them a totally different feel to things. Because they've been in that position where they have to wait for opponents. And those yes. opponents who've played games come out and look pretty good uh, when they play BYU, the more rested team. So maybe a, a change could do some good. Who knows? Tell us what that's like because you were the team showing up later, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Like, did you did you would you have liked a game on Friday and not shown up Saturday? It, it was always interesting that dynamic of yeah. already playing a game because you're used to the arena, you're used to uh, the environment and what's going on, and and yeah, in some ways, yeah, you're a little tired from the day before, but you've already played, like you're you're in it and locked in, and so it always takes a couple of minutes, no matter what, to get into the flow of what's going on, and so yeah, we we definitely ran into that a couple of times, but. Took care of business. Yeah. Took care of business, right? <laughs> BYU is out and probably needs the game to get in. Obviously, Wednesday is the purpose of that. I guess the hope, Greg, is probably that you get a San Francisco in the quarters as another quad one opportunity given their net. That would probably be the most ideal situation, right? Yeah. And, and you know, will, you know, is there a chance to get USF? If USF finishes, you know, three, for example, right. you know, can you get them? Now it's Santa Clara. Um, right now it's yeah, more yeah, if you're to slot it the way it is right now, you're looking at like an LMU or Pacific on, on Friday, uh, and a Santa Clara on Saturday to get a chance to play Gonzaga on Monday. So do you think BYU has to have another quad one win or is it just, just winning it's, out? It's a hedging and... of bets because who's to say that will even be enough. Right. And, sure. and and a quad one game is one thing, a quad one win is another thing. Yeah. That, that, that's a tough game to go and play and win. Uh, you know, that's of course the objective is you've got to get the W or it doesn't really matter. But um, you know, it's tough to tell because conference term week, you know, brings so many teams in that we're out and bounces so many teams off the bubble. So um, it's all a hedging of bets and just hoping for the best and trying to put yourself in the best possible situation. Right now, BYU's what, net 53? Uh, last year's um, season-ending net 53 was a one seed in the NIT. The year before, the season-ending net 53 was a projected 11 seed in the NCAA tournament. So BYU's in that neighborhood where they could be in and they could be out at a net 53. Of course, I say projected because it was a COVID year. Um, but that's what we're looking at. You're you're right on you're right on the edge if you stay where you are in the net at around 53. Let's talk about the reality of the situation too. Let's say the BYU does schedule a game next Wednesday and wins Friday and wins Saturday. They would play six games in 11 days. Yes. <laughs> that, that would be wild, right? Yeah. Your play-by-play boards, uh, you'd have many of those. Yeah, but it, 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 you know, but by also doing that, you know, you you create some attention for your program and you also you know. Give yourself every you know best chance 
uh, you know, to put yourself on the right side of the bubble. It's exciting. Again, it's intriguing. It's exciting. I'm not sure how, how manageable it will be, but we'll find out here in the days to come. What's interesting, too, about uh, BYU's metrics for the month, there are certain metrics that scream, yes, this team's an NCAA tournament team. Like the quad one, quad two number is still good for BYU. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 th- I think they're, I think uh, 30, I think 34 teams have, um, have more quad one or quad one, two wins, and only 23 teams have more quad one wins. So they're in the mix with, with, with a really solid part of the resume yes. that way. Yes, that way. And San Diego State is a quad one as of today after yesterday. Mm-hmm. By um, losing yesterday. By, by losing, yeah. right? That's, <laughs> that's the net. They move back into BYU's quad one by losing to Boise State. Yes, yeah. that, that helps sometimes, which is funny. Then there's obviously the net being in the 50s is not great. Um, you know, But it it's just weird that you know the way BYU – Dave mentioned this the other day. If if BYU had won five of seven, it's a very different story. Obviously, the way BYU is playing is different. A couple of injuries, whatnot. They can still somehow salvage this. They just need a chance, like you talked about. Mm-hmm. And will they get the chance? Is the question. Yeah, and, Let's and, hope and they do. You know, BYU I think will be a popular, uh, maybe a blind resume team if, if if you know if if they're right on the bubble during tournament week because there will be some things about BYU's resume that say put them in. You know, and really hopefully Oregon makes a run. And hopefully, you know, and can climb into the top 50 somehow in the last couple of weeks where, yeah. hey, there's another quad one. Oh, yeah, remember that one. Yeah. And it's too early to say, you know, this is a better conversation for after Selection Sunday and maybe even after the season. But we'll be able to ID, you know, the, the, the points in the schedule where things, you know, took BYU out when they appeared to be in. Uh, we can't say that until we get through Selection Sunday. But we'll be able to ID those spots. We, they're, they're pretty apparent right now where the Cougars were in a good spot and took themselves off that good spot on just a handful of key little occurrences. Yep. Um, and yet, if they get in, we'll be able to ID also, too, the games that did put them in. And, and I, you know, clearly, St. Mary's, and they were so close to getting, you know, St. Mary's was, you know, kind of the one, right? That, that, that was, it felt like a win in your end game on mm-hmm. Saturday in Moraga. Yes. And so now there's a, now you have to recover from that. Okay, okay, we knew, we know that was kind of a win in your end situation, didn't get the win, how else can we do it? And that's where you get the whole discussion of, well, can we squeeze another quad one game in? Uh, because right now you're looking at uh, Q4, 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 maybe Q2 in your next four games if mm-hmm. nothing else happens. And so can you find a needle mover somewhere in there? And that's what the objective is right now. I wanted to ask you this, too, and, and Ty, we're talking about this a little bit. I feel like BYU, even if BYU gets San Francisco on the Saturday in the quarters, it's eight days before Selection Sunday. It's just not going to have the, the umph that we're hoping for, probably, just due to timing. So, and, 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 you know, we've been through this enough to where, you know, when, when you have an early tournament and you're a bubble team – that conference tournament week is excruciating. It is. Yes, it is. It is sorry. nothing. Yes, it, is. it is nothing but scoreboard watching. Tyler, <laughs> you, know? you were playing this. Please. Yes. yes yeah. come I mean, on. In, in a lot of ways, it's 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 fun. It's part of what sports is all about. And a lot of ways, like, oh, can we just be on the right? You just want to be a couple games on the right side of the bubble. And and that's what made years like you know last year and the year before COVID notwithstanding, it was great to go into that week knowing you've you know the haze in the barn kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about just the state of this team. This is yeah. a team that's been hit with the injury bug multiple times yeah. this season, and and so Seneca lately, thumb and and ankle. What what is what is that impact for for this team? Yeah, I mean, if if, if you don't have Seneca on and Thursday, and who knows if they will or not. I mean, he mm-hmm. hasn't. Been, maybe he practiced today and, and looks fine. Um, but 
odds are if he's not practicing early in the week, you know, you may have to you know, may have to prepare to, to be without him. Um, you're likely looking at um, again bumping Gideon up uh, a spot from the four to the three. Maybe Caleb goes back to your four, Foose is your five, and that's the group you go with. And they've gone with that group. That that's a yeah. group you can win games with certainly. Um, you, you know you don't like to be down a guy at this time of year, but uh, the vibe I got from Coach Pope last night and his staff on, on the coaches show was just that when they said they feel like their best is still to come, they believed it. Even with mm-hmm. the personnel changes being what they are, they felt that this team can, can pull together and, and grind out some wins. And if your rotation does go from, from nine to eight, let's say, um, you know, eight, eight guys are enough to get a lot of good things done. And, sure. and if they're, you know, energized, re-energized, reinvigorated, um, get a couple of nice good home wins, uh, things could really, the outlook could really change going into Las Vegas. You take a totally different approach when you get to Vegas now. You're the underdog, you're lower seated than normal, but you're thinking, hey, let's, let's, let's go, you know, shock the world a bit, put a few wins together and see what happens. It's fun. Senior night coming up Saturday night. Alex Barcelo is one of the best players in BYU history. Where he fits, I'll have to, you know, research it more, but what's his legacy in your opinion? Uh, he's a, a three-year guy that felt more like a four- or five-year guy. It's just be, that's kind of his, his impact, I, mm-hmm. I felt. And he felt like, um, he felt like a, a BYU guy you know, for his entire career. He had those two years at Arizona, but he felt like a, a long-time, all-time guy here at BYU. And, and again, embraced uh, in every way, uh, and he embraced his role. I mean, you know, his first season, the COVID year, where they didn't get to the tournament, you know, that, you know he was a complimentary part to other great players, but he was already great in his own right. I mean, the numbers he put up on lower volume were really impressive and a, and a sign of things to come for him. And then when those guys left, he kind of assumed the mantle of leadership and has just embraced it and carried it so well. And uh, just the fondest of feelings for AB. Uh, and I think he feels the same about BYU and its community too. I, I think it's a perfect fit. And, and what a blessing it was for Coach Pope to kind of have that be his anchor guy, if you will. Um, he had other great players, Coach Pope, when he got here, but but that was a guy that he brought in, and every game Mark Pope has coached is is a game Alex Barcelo has started. And Alex Barcelo, Crazy, right? he's Alex is the only guy to have played in every game uh, that Coach Mark Pope has coached here, you know, at BYU, and started every one of them. And so, you know, those two are kind of linked, and it's pretty cool that Alex has already gotten himself into the top ten in consecutive games started. The Haas family kind of owns that category, by the way. But uh, it's all three. <laughs> but but he's put himself in a, in a pretty important top has. ten too by just kind of answering the bell every time. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, we're looking forward to games Thursday and Saturday night. Of course, you can listen to them right here on BYU Radio. Greg, we appreciate the time. Please don't like stand by a tree and startle me because I can't see you in this camo gear. Like, don't do that, please. By the way, uh, good news. I think. Think too um, that the Marriott Center, uh, they've already dropped the um, you know the vax uh, and and testing proof, uh, and now the masking has gone optional. So no reason not to have two really full houses uh, to honor this team this season. Games yep. Thursday and Saturday here at the Amen. Marriott Center. There was so, probably a agreed. portion of the you know that were a little hesitant about coming. Yeah, I, I think they're probably a, a, a small a small portion. Again, not a lot. Yeah. Uh, but at, now it's just uh, you know come on out and and, and no reservations normal. whatsoever. Support these guys. Uh, fill the building and have two exactly. great nights Thursday. And Saturday. Love it. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Greg. You back, guys. Greg, thanks for joining us. Okay, coming up, what is the mentality of the most dominant team on campus right now? We will ask Tegan Graham. Women's hoops crushing it, man. And do you love football so much that you'd watch the USFL? We'll discuss. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade. 
for a growing world. Hey, check out BYU Basketball's Mark Pope on Demand featuring a deep blue with Tiki Ali Atiki and the assistant coaches on set. It's on demand on the BYU Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. He is Tyler. I'm Jerem. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world, Tyler. Okay, Corbin Kafusi was drafted by the USFL last night with Tampa Bay, the Bandits, I believe. Can't uh, wait for that. Will you be watching the USFL? No, I will not. <laughs> I don't really watch spring non-NFL college footballs. Yeah, you no. know, may, maybe I'll give him a follow on Twitter and try and catch a game. If, if Corb's playing, I want to watch him. A follow on Twitter, different than watching a game. But yes, <laughs> okay. I feel you. Yeah. Um, and, and I love Corb, but I'm not watching for the linemen. You know what I'm saying? It's true. I need some skill position. I do love Corb, though. Trey Stewart announced last night he has signed Jaron Hall and Alex Barcella to an NIL deal for his brand Default Happiness. If you were a current student athlete and you could sign fellow athletes to an NIL, who would you sign right now? Um, lots of guys. I mean, first comes to mind Shaylee Gonzalez. 100%. Right? Uh, maybe a Caleb Lohner. I mean, these guys have a big following off the court. I mean, just from a business perspective, I mean, those guys come to mind. Absolutely. I'm looking for big personalities who have uh, can represent my brand, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So I think there are a million options on campus. There Student are. Student athletes are amazing. Right? It's a great time to be an athlete at BYU. Okay, last you night. You wish you were? You made, NIL, you <laughs> would have made some money? I do, I it. Come on. You would have made some money? Probably. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. It would have been nice. I I, went, I spoke at enough engagements. Yeah. That, you know. Could have got paid for these. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's another topic, Jerome. <laughs> Last night, ESPN's Joe Lenardi re- retweeted a story about BYU student making rocket fuel in their dorm mm-hmm. with the caption, there are easier ways to get off the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> here it is right that here. That rocket fuel story is not going to get old, by the way. Yeah. Because it, no one got hurt, we can joke around with it. Okay. <laughs> Would a game against Kansas State be as explosive for BYU as rocket fuel? No, Jerome? it feels like if you scheduled like uh, Duke, that'd be rocket fuel. Right? Yeah, Duke or Kentucky. Or yes, yeah. Like a blue blood. Yeah. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> okay, that wraps up the whip. Oh, man. Okay, coming up, your voice is heard on if BYU needs another quad one game in the voice of the nation. And she defended her master's thesis this morning and passed. Tegan Graham is in studio. She has time for us? What, are they, what does she think the team should be ranked and what seed do, should they be? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get to know the players, coaches, and some compelling fan stories. Search Deep Blue on the BYU TV app today. Last night, Tiki Aliotiki's Deep Blue came out. He's from Tanzania. Just an amazing story of him coming to uh, the U.S., but first Canada. And during COVID, his dad passed away at home and how he dealt with that. And now he's at BYU. Just really compelling stuff. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. Now, Tyler and us and I sit here and talk about sports. What we didn't do this morning is defend a master's thesis. Our did next guest did. Tegan Graham of the women's basketball team, one of our favorites here on campus. Tegan, congratulations on what you're typically known for as your offense, but this morning, your defense. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was, you know, it was pretty exciting. What, what was it like? Were you nervous? And tell us again what uh, your thesis was. So, yeah, so I'm doing my thesis on uh, the gender and equity in Division I sports, and I did a podcast, which comes out March 10th, I 
which camera to look at? How can this one right here? March tenth. Uh, um, how can people find the pod uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify? Um, You'll yeah. post it on your social, I assume. For sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, I just go in there and I do my little presentation. It's my research, so I kind of have to be the expert in it. And they ask me a couple questions, then I leave the room and. They talk and it's kind of formal, it's kind of funny. And then I come back in and they're like, you did it. <laughs> what building was this in? This, uh, um, the Brim Hall. Yeah, the Brim Hall. Communications. communications. Okay. Yeah. Were you nervous? Did you, you, did you feel like you crushed it? Yeah, I, I was pretty confident. Yeah. I just feel, I'm very passionate about this topic and I've put a lot of, you know, put a lot of work into it. So I feel like I'm, I feel like I am the expert on my research. So mm -hmm. I kind of, yeah, had some confidence going into it. Where, where does this passion come from? Um, I think the idea kind of stemmed from the tournament last year and all the disparities that we saw, you know, with the weight room, um, the testing, all, you know, all the different disparities. Uh, and then I kind of just like going from that, started doing a little bit of research. It's my sixth year as a, as a female student athlete. And I kind of was like, wow, um, I think I deserve more. And I think, you know, female student athletes deserve more. Let's, let's look at that conversation and let, let's look at that, that discussion or that issue. What did you learn? What can, what do we need to know? Um, that's, that's a great question. I think there's three main sort of like, you know, tackling points, you know, uh, promotion, um, you know, cover or promotion definitely in university areas, um, investment, uh, you, you can't really get something out of something you're not putting anything into. Mm -hmm. uh, and then coverage, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of, there's a huge lack of media coverage of women's sports, um, you know, in, in the United States and especially um, in regards to, to college, college athletics or, or female college athletics. How is BYU doing in this space specifically? BYU is doing a lot better. Um, you talked about deep blues. I feel like there could be a couple more deep blues for female student athletes, uh, especially like Shaylee Gonzalez, Paisley Harding. Like they've been here four or five years, um, and I think people would love to see them. But I think as a whole, um, especially this year, I think BYU has done a really good job. Which is uh, a great point, and it's super valid. And we've been super proud over the years of like, hey, you know what we do more of than most people? Women's athletics which is awesome. And when I got to BYU, I hadn't really covered, you know, women's sports that much. Mm -hmm. Little did I know I'd become a huge fan of gymnastics oh. and softball yeah. and all these sports that like, you know, the general uh, BYU fan may not cover as much, but hopefully through stuff like BYU TV, we can yeah. help in this regard. Well, it's easy at BYU because women's sports are so dominant. Think about this year alone, how many ranked women's teams were there? Incredible. Right? Yeah. And so still are, right? Still like are. Indoor tracks, like, look at us right now. Yeah. Right? We've got national champions, yep. you know? we got yep. runners-up, you know, women's soccer team. So it's kind of easy to be fans of women's sports at BYU, I think. It's a great point. It really is. There's yeah. really no excuse. There's no excuse. There's a lot of TV games, and they're good. And they're good. The ultimate combo. Yeah. But it shouldn't have to be that you're good. Yeah. It shouldn't have to be... Uh, XYZ, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. 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 But that's that's where all the promotion and, and the coverage comes into that, right? Whereas when it's consistent, people will, you know, c consistently go to games or, you know, it, it's all about creating that environment where, you know, you have that fan experience that's like, you know, you go to a women's volleyball game at the Smithfield House and it's rocking, right? That's the sort of stuff where, where women's sports is, is going to continue to grow. Mm, I like that. And then Saturday, you probably felt the power of that, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. With the greatest women's basketball home game ever? Yeah, with the I think, crowd and the jerseys in the senior night and yeah. the stakes in Gonzaga? Yeah, I think I was more emotional about the crowd than I was about senior night, you know, because we have mm. more games to play. We have, you know, we have uh, hopefully a long season ahead of us. Um, but I just think the crowd on Saturday was insane. Like, it was just like, I genuinely felt emotional. Like, this is this is what we should have, you know, been getting all year, I think. That's, that's the kind of level of, 
um, you know, competition that I think we we perform at. And just to have, you know, The Rock there and just a packed crowd was was emotional for sure. When did that hit you? Um, senior night for sure. Like when I actually got emotional was when my, so my twin brother and my mama here. Um, so when they walked me out, I was kind of like, wow, like this is my last time here. And I've actually never lost in the Marriott Center. So pretty I, awesome. <laughs> I re- yeah, undefeated. I, have a, I have a pretty good relationship with that court. <laughs> um, so I just, yeah, I think that's when the tears kind of were like, okay, now you can cry. Now it's done. You beat Gonzaga by 23. You're, you're allowed a little, little moment. You could let out in that yeah. moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this year, I followed you guys close. I actually, I brought, I have two daughters. I brought my daughters to the game. Aww. They loved it. Girl dad. Yep, girl dad. <laughs> um, I have so much respect for you guys and what you've done this season, historic season, maybe the best season ever for women's basketball. Do you guys feel you get enough respect or is the AP poll a little off? Yeah, I feel like that's a constant conversation that's been had with our team, especially at the start of the season, I think people were really upset that we weren't ranked. But I think because of that, our team's done a really good job of kind of almost ignoring that. Like, do we think we maybe deserve a bit more respect? Yes, but is that something that we've really focused on? No, you know, we'd rather win games than be ranked or have a higher ranking. Everyone pulls motivation from different spaces. Like, yeah. you could have used that. It's like, you know, yeah. it sounds like you guys are like, no, we're veteran enough to not need that affirmation, I yeah, guess. Yeah, for sure. Is and our accurate? net ranking super high. So right. I think, and that's really important. In terms Top of, 10. Incredible. I think we're nine right now. Are we nine right now? Yes. Nine as of yesterday. I haven't checked it out. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think that's something that we, you know, we're encouraged by. It felt like a de facto uh, WCC championship game in the regular season Saturday. <laughs> you still have two games to go here. Yeah, uh, yeah. At Santa Clara, at Pacific. How do you guys avoid uh, you know, a loss that could, could damage you in a way this weekend? These are important games too, right? Yeah. Honestly, I feel like these could be the two biggest games of our season um, in terms of what we want to achieve in, mm-hmm. in the regular season. So I think it's just focus. I think you know every single person on this team in this in our program, you know, knows what we can do and knows the goals that we have. And I think you know we're just going to keep pushing for that and stay super super focused for this week. So you guys are arguably the 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 favorite for this tournament this year inarguably inarguably <laughs> they, they blew out they, Gonzaga they, twice you are the heavy we came down we came back out yeah we 30. came back you made it interesting like, yeah. yeah unbelievable what what's the team's mindset right now mindset right now mm-hmm. is championship yeah I think a lot of people are talking about the NCAA tournament rankings all that sort of stuff but I think in our team it's let's get this championship let's get this regular season championship and let's go to the WCC and focus on that I think yeah we we don't we know big picture but we're really good at focusing on you know game by game what we need to do to get it done it's nice when there's you know five seniors yeah there in the conversation. A lot, yeah there's a lot of oldies <laughs> and there's some payback for Vegas oh big time yeah Vegas is triggering but I'm still triggering is that. a good trigger I, is a good word for that because <laughs> the clock operator didn't trigger fast enough. Unbelievable. Uh, Gonzaga won on a buzzer beater yeah. and it was controversial. 0.6 seconds, catch and shoot. Yeah, I've, I've honestly never ever watched that shot. I, oh, you haven't? No, I've watched it live and that's the only time I really needed to watch it. Too um, painful. Well, yeah, it's just sad. Like, why, why would I watch that again and again? I've had enough people tell me that we got robbed, but what can we do? Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't go and talk to anyone and say we got robbed. Give me that championship. So we get an opportunity, though, in, in a week. So I think all of yes. Cougar Nation was crying. crying. <laughs> Jill Talton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, now that you've – what's what's your life like now that you've defended the 
thesis off the court like off the court are you so, just chilling now yeah so i still have another class i've yeah I've, i have to kind of get stay on top of that get my school work done <laughs> but it's now more just like the promotion aspect of my podcast i've done it it's an eight, eight episode podcast um and so oh it's a series oh it's a series i like this it's a series hmm, okay. yeah so it's looking at different aspects of, of the problem and, and ending with kind of a solutions episode um and i want to i want to you know it's, it's coming out march 10th because i want to push it right before the ncaa tournament um, and try and see if we can get a little bit of buzz around it going forward. Because I think the NCAA tournament for, for this year, especially the women's side, it's going to be a lot of eyes, right? Because there's going to be yes, a lot a, yeah. of pressure. There's the first four now and the whole Exactly, deal. a lot yep. of pressure to... Selection Sunday. Exactly, yep. to remedy kind of the disaster that was last, last year. Yeah. No, it was bad. For those who don't know, you guys go to San Antonio. You're in a Listen bubble. Listen to my podcast. <laughs> right. And the weight room is just ridiculous. Was, yeah. And this is where I love technology, where it's like you can point out errors and then everybody sees it and can go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bring and awareness. then change. Yeah. Yes, awareness, then change happens. Yeah. I mean, that's the power of social media, right? It gives, yes. it gives athletes, especially student athletes, the control of their own narrative, right? I mm -hmm. get to decide how my story is said. And this is the story, right? So Sedona Prince plays for Oregon. She put it out on her TikTok. It blew up, right? And and that's that's kind of the beauty of social media. It gives you that your own personal narrative, your own your own control to say, hey, this is what's going on. And then mainstream media kind of has to pick it up, right? Yes, it's interesting because we sit in this space where we're like with you, but also outside of you. We're like, yeah, we're yeah. like a second tier, if you will. Yeah. Because you guys are the first tier and then like, you know, the Salt Lake media would be third tier or whatever. But it's like, yeah, how do we navigate accompanying you on this journey? And it's like Instagram collabs with you have been a space that For frankly, sure. we've been like, hey, run with women's hoops. They're, they share it. They're super popular. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. You guys and, have been great about it. And people want, and people want to see it. That's the point. I yes. think that most pe a lot of people's argument is always like, well, men's sports gets more viewership because people like men's sports better. But it's like, if you look at numbers, which I have, um, the coverage, when you cover women's sports, people tune in. So, so you're no, saying more no coverage equals more views? 100%. I have the numbers. Go listen to my podcast. It's, it's, it's plain and simple. You it's, put women's sports out there, people want to watch it. That's, that's really informative because, yeah, you, ju you just gave the counter argument to the number one argument of everybody, which is, well, it's not as popular yeah. or not as yeah. uh the interest isn't as high. Exactly. More coverage equals more views. More viewership. Okay. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It's beautiful. I'm going to listen to this podcast. Please oh, for do. Sure. No, seriously. Okay. Around March 10th, you said? March 10th. Yep. It's okay. coming out March 10th. We'll help you get that out there. Appreciate we got you guys. You. Tegan, thanks for coming in. And congrats on the Masters thesis Thank you so much. defense. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Tegan. Okay. Coming up, the elite voice of the day. And a rising shout out to Made Buckets. Who exactly? We'll tell you. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How good was Keegan Graham? She's fantastic. Phenomenal. One of my favorites. Also, listen, I love Kiwis. I love rugby. I love Kiwis. I They're love cool. the culture. I love it. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Our question of the day, does BYU men's hoops need another quad one game to get into the NCAA tournament? Preston and Kareen Arnold, probably. But if they start beating the lesser opponents remaining on their schedule like attorney teams should, they could start moving that net back up. A few blowouts and a small run in the WCC tourney may be enough to push them back on the right side of the bubble. So they're looking for margin. On the road... Uh, two weeks ago, BYU won by, you know, small margins. By two, two, three points. LMU is six at Pepperdine. Granted, it was nine and a late three, but 
Yeah. Um, does BYU need to blow out LMU and Pepperdine this week? Uh, I mean, that would be nice, but I th- you just have to win. I, I think you got to just win. I don't know if the net will move up that much if you do. Right, maybe as spots. of two years ago, I'm trying to remember. I don't know if it actually moves up much. They, they did like a max 10-point margin in net or something. Yeah. Maybe they changed that, which is super weird. I wish they did But, 20. I mean, he brings up a good point. I mean, Yanchi. maybe BYU right now has to show the, the committee that they're playing well and that they're, they're back to the, the way they were playing at the True. beginning of the year. BYU's lost 5 of 7 the 2 they've won. They barely won against bad teams. That doesn't look good. You're right. No. You're exactly right. Brian Buss. No related relation to Jeannie that we know of. Although winning time looks fun. Any additional quad one game, that, that can only help. Right now they have no more quad one games left, and there's no guarantee that USF will be a matchup against BYU in the West Coast Conference Tourney. Yeah, I think BYU has to have one next week. I, think I said so next too. week. It's got to be at least one, either Wednesday yeah. or Saturday. But y- you have to have San Francisco. Their net is too good, um, you know. To, to not be one right now, which is right. pretty wild. Like, San Francisco's going to get in, BYU's not. It's the NCAA tournament. That feels weird. It's a, Very it's a weird. dynamite it's year for happened. San Francisco. But if San Francisco's top two post players got hurt, they would not be a tourney team either. No, I don't think so. That's the same. Like, we, we can't dismiss the Richard Harward, Gavin Baxter injuries. Mm-hmm. Because BYU was overachieving, we were like, well, this is who the team is. No, no, no. They were overachieving in a great way, to their credit. They definitely were. But then eventually you come back down to earth. Okay. Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, where there's a lot of snow right now. Raider Blitz on Twitter. Are we past the trade deadline? <laughs> we need a big with no real inside threat. Be you have a short postseason. How, how would that be, like, intra-conference trades? <laughs> yeah, that would add another dynamic to everything we already do i guess with grad transfers but uh right kind of yeah the the transfer portal <laughs> is crazy enough we don't need in-season transfer portal today's rise and shout out is presented by mountain america the official credit union of byu athletics to smarty streets and brian santiago teamed up at halftime of a recent women's hoops game to raise money for byu women's sports smarty streets offered five thousand dollars for every free throw brian santiago could hit he's a good shooter he made 21 shots which led to 105 g's donated to byu women's sports that's pretty cool brian believes he's the best shooter in the entire world (laughs) he's pretty good dude he is he can shoot president state bulldog our thanks to today's guest greg rubel and tegan the conversation continues 24 7 on twitter instagram facebook use the hashtag buusn Sorry to Dennis, ran out of time for Tyler, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Michael Reed. Go Kook!